Welcome to Life, Love, and Lessons, a safe space where we do all things with love and opulence. This podcast is for men and women of all ethnicities, experiences, opinions, life paths, and professional or rough backgrounds who are somehow involved in the space of dating or relationships, whether it's online or in person, or simply interested in love, spirituality, living the good life, learning, or just here to be inspired, entertained, intrigued, or in tune with life's personal pleasures. Listen intently, open your mind, and vibe. Welcome back to another episode of Life, Love, and Lessons. In total transparency, life has me exhausted. I mean, like, literally exhausted. Hence, why I didn't even post an update or market the last episode. I haven't really been very active on social media. Not by choice, but life has had me going through a lot of, you know, trials and tribulations and humps and hurdles and all of things of that such, if you've heard the previous episodes, you know, um, things have not been the most ideal for me, but you know me, this past week was enough to put me out of the game for the rest of the season, but I will not stay down. I hope your summer is less of a struggle and more of a dream. Speaking of struggle, I did not mean to take 60 minutes of your time last week. That's what happens when I just talk without a script or an outline. You would think I talk too much, but I'm actually the girl in the corner being real quiet, minding my business, reading a book. That reminds me of this guy back in Oklahoma. Mm, What was his name? When I was in Oklahoma last year working, he was another officer going through the same training as me, and he loved getting on my nerves. (laughs) But seriously, he would come into come into my space just to interrupt my zen no matter what I was doing. I could have been meditating, daydreaming, or reading a really good book. And he would insist that I just stop to have a conversation with him. I asked him why he did that, and he said he was always intrigued. He said it amazed him how I was so quiet during all the days and in the crowds and during most conversations. But every time I did open my mouth to speak up, The things that came out and the way I commanded everyone's attention, it gave people direction and something to think about. And he was like, man, I really wanted to know more. And I really wanted to, you know, get into your space and come by with you. And something is telling me that you're protecting your intellectual, you know, protecting your peace. And I'm like, hmm, I'm impressed. Let me text him and see what he's doing. You know, that is that is literally the beauty of relationships and connections and friendships. Just having people in your life that, you know, can you can just call to talk to. And you never know when somebody needs to receive a text from somebody that they haven't heard from or seen in a while just to see how they're doing. Someone who genuinely just cares like, hey, you know, I appreciate the connections we made, the moments we had together when we were in the same space. And I just really, I'm genuinely interested to know how you're doing. How can I help you? How can I serve you? Is there anything that you need in this moment? 
Maybe it's just a little dialogue, a little conversation back and forth, catching up with an old friend. And that can literally be the highlight of someone's day. So so don't doubt yourself. Don't doubt your worth or the impact that you can have on other people. See, if you can tell, I'm freestyling on this episode too. And I'm determined to not take up 60 minutes of your time. Please bear with me. I don't really mind talking for 60 minutes or more, but I risk a lot of gambling without a script. And it's all, I'm sorry, a lot of, Lord, did I just say gambling? I miss, I I risk a lot of rambling (laughs) when I don't have a script or something to follow. You know, I I also risk leaving out some important details when I'm pressed for time. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Because I'm like trying to rush through the mental process and the details and the thoughts. But because I'm rushing through, I'm like, you know, skipping over important details because I know that that important detail is going to take a minute for me to to for me to unload. And Oh, man, I don't remember saying how I feel about comprehension, explanations and clarity in last week's episode. So I might have to do a part two because if communication is really that deep, it is so much, you know, consistency, comprehension, clarity, explanation, listening. So much goes into communication. There's really no way for me to just talk about it in 30 minutes. So, you know what? I'm not mad. I took 60 minutes of your time. <laughs> I, I just I just do thoroughly apologize um, if you weren't expecting it or it was a little too much for you. But I do hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed spending time with you. Okay, so hmm. I'm I'm really, really, really looking forward to what's to come. Um speaking of like the solo episodes and how long I can talk, I'm really excited to the love series that's coming up because while it's only a vision right now. It is my dream for life, love, and lessons. So I'm going to do like this sort of trial, a peek of what's to come, see how I can vibe with it, figure things out. And I love speaking to you all like this in my solo element. However, this really isn't about me. I can't wait to bring others on this show and really dive deeper into the opinions and perceptions of others. So the rest of this month, Enjoy the solo episodes as I tap into my mental space and get ready for dual conversations to take place. Remember, I'm talking about love, dating, friendships, and all things of that nature this month. And today's focus is red flags versus green flags. Whew, that's a heavy topic right there. <laughs> I know y'all are probably thinking like, ooh. I can talk about this. Oh, this is the red flag. This is a green flag, whatever. Yes. Get your mind going. But as we talk about red flags and green flags today, please be mindful. This is another one of those topics that could go on for ages. We are all growing and learning more about ourselves and about other people each day. Sometimes you don't know what you, what you do or don't like or what you, what you want to have in your life or what you're not going to deal with because you haven't experienced it yet. I've lived so many different lives in this 30 years. I can surely give you a minimum of 30 things I won't allow and 30 things I love without hesitation, but not today. Let's dive into the top five. I'm going to do my top five red flags and my top five green flags, but let's start with the top five red flags because, you know, 
we like to say the best for last. Mm. Red flags. Number one, spirituality being the focus. Someone who doesn't believe in God for me, that's heavy. Don't get confused. I have friends, best friends, who don't believe in God. So it's not really the not believing in God, the same God that I believe in and, you know, that nature. It's just for me, for someone to not believe in anything, that's a red flag. I know some people are extremely logical and have did their own research and studies and just couldn't make sense of the Bible or the scriptures due to contradictions. The many folks who wrote the contradictions and they don't know those people, they can't prove those people's existence. And, you know, the way we conceptualize as Christians, Muslims, Buddhists, Catholics or whichever you identify with. There are people, friends of mine, people that I've come across in my lifetime, people that I've dated and things of that nature that have had some very valid arguments, you know, when it came to the scripture, the Bible, the word, the things we believe in, the things we serve, you know, the powers that be. Meanwhile, I am God. I am made within the image of God and I believe and that is who I am. However, I can relate or I can identify with or I can empathize or sympathize. Like, I get it. Like I said, I have a best friend who does not believe in God and I love her to death. God loves her. Right. You know, so I. I had a moment in my childhood where I didn't believe in God. A whole moment. And it was it was deep. Um, It was maybe like a year maybe less than a year, but I was going through a breakup and I could not fathom, like, how could there be a God? Wait a minute. What is all this God talking? I got to thinking and I, and I was like, I think I was about 15, 16 at the time. And I remember thinking, how did God even get introduced to me? Why do I believe in this God? Who told me there was a God? Have I ever seen him? Have I ever heard him or spoke to him? You know, and I started, you know, questioning God and my beliefs. And it was because I was going through a breakup. I, I was I was heartbroken. Ooh, love the heart, that very valuable organ in our body. Like my heart was broken. I could not believe that there was a God. I was like, there's absolutely no way that there's a God in this world or that is available to me who serves me. And he got me going through this heartbreak. (laughs) Like that was my legit thought process as a teenager. And I was not having it. And I was very open about it. I told my mama, you know, cause I was, you know, born, I was raised in in the church and every Sunday we went to church. And so, you know, I read the Bible. I used to get an allowance for reading the Bible my mom would give me $20 on the spot randomly for reciting a scripture, you know, from memory. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me. I digress. So I came to this point in my life where I was like, Mm-mm. not, 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 no God, there can't be it. 
I won't allow it because here I am hurting and in all of this pain and grief. And I don't want to be feeling like this. I don't want to go through this, go through this. And I've been praying like I was taught, like I was told. But nothing is changing. It's been days. It's been weeks. It's been too many hours of this hurt, this pain, and this grief. There is no God. What kind of God would allow me to go through this? It was a whole situation. Um, I did not go into the logical and study mode and researching and get to typing in I, back then. As a matter of fact, I don't even know if we had the ability, the internet capabilities that we have now. It might have been AOL, Black Planet, and um, Snapchat rooms and stuff like that at this time, but Axe Jeeves. Remember Axe Jeeves? I think I could have asked Jeeves. <laughs> Kids today will never know. But I wonder, I wondered how could there be a God, but I didn't go out and like research it. But so when I meet those people who don't believe in God and they tell me their peace and why they don't believe in God and the research they've done, how they couldn't connect the pieces or connect the dots or put the puzzle together. It didn't make sense. There's no explanation of this, no proof of this or explanation of that or proof of this. And I, I, I feel you. I get it. See, for me, during that time in my life where I was choosing to not believe because I was hurt, I was in pain, I was grieving. I think, you know, I'm a social worker. So the way I think about things has always been like a mental process, growth, development. Um, so I think that during that time of my spirituality, and my growth and my involvement as a Christian, I went from not believing to just accepting or learning more or feeling more secure. God showed up. I think that's what it was. I was so young and I'm pretty sure God came and answered my prayers. I prayed for something. I remember, you know, being a stubborn little teenager and, you know, being mad at God and not liking God and not believing in God. And then, um, saying, you know what, I'm going to just pray for this or pray for that or whatever and see how this goes. And then one day there was a shift. There was a change. I don't know if it was a conversation. I don't know if it was he spoke to me in my dreams. I don't know if he showed up the way I asked him to. All I know is it passed. This too shall pass. It passed. Whatever I was going through passed and I was able to get deeper into the word and deeper into my relationship with God as a young girl. My um, mother, she she kind of she remembers it. And it's funny. Um, but so I went through my. Individual reflective stage, which is a stage of spiritual development. Remember, I'm a social worker. So, again, I'm not trying to teach you how to be a social worker. but This is just the way I think. But I know like when I meet people on different spiritual development or different stages of their life, I think to myself, OK, what stage are they in? Because in my mind, as a social worker, the things that I've studied, the things that I've learned, the, the different um, proposals or theories that social workers or scientists in the past have have published. And, you know, and so. 
I was in my individual reflective stage, which is a stage that technically the fifth stage of spiritual development, depending on who you look at, who you ask. Um, and that's a stage you typically go through from the age of 18 to 22. But I was going through it at like 14, 15, 16. And so I was reflecting why. Why do I believe this? Who is he? Who told me? Who forced this information into my head and told me this is how I was going to live the rest of my life? You know, and so. Um, but then I evolved into a conjunctive stage, a univer- universalizing stage, which is the sixth and seventh stage of spiritual development. If you're looking at um, the theory proposed by James Fowler, um, random. I know that's my that's my mind. Yeah, that's my mind. <laughs> So, fifth, sixth, and seventh stage of spiritual development I went through as a teenager. And spiritual development and this theory that I'm talking about, it starts at birth and goes up to 45 years and beyond. Most people don't really reach that universalizing stage until they're 45 years old or older, right? And um, yeah, so I've always been like, very fast to develop and grow and on a different path or um, time like time zone. Oh, Lord. Anyways, so when I meet people, I'm always, you know, understanding and patient of their beliefs or their theories or their research. And I say, you know, I respect it. You know, I understand. I still love you. I can still talk to you. We can still be friends. You know, I just personally will not date or fall in love with or spend the rest of my life with someone who does not have a spiritual belief. You don't have to believe in the same God I believe in. You don't even have to believe in the God. Like, you know, you can say, I believe there's something. I just don't know what it is. I I can, I can, I can rock with that, but I cannot rock with somebody who's like, does not exist. It's not real. This is all lies. There is no spirituality. There's no God. There's no Jesus. There's no Muslim or they're Buddhist or Catholic. Like, you know, there's no Mary. There's no, I can't buy, <laughs> you know, uh, believe it or not. I get you. I get you. But I'm just not about to spend the rest of my life with you. That's just too much for me. Like I, Oh, that's tough. Okay. Number two, close-minded. Close-minded. Somebody that is unable to see differently. Basically, really firm and unreceptive when it comes to new ideas or possibilities. You're the type of person, this closed-minded person is the type of person that's always right, never wrong. But you also can't imagine something happening or being your reality because you've never seen it done or witnessed it happen for someone you know. That type of thing. Type of person who doesn't need help, won't take help, won't accept or acknowledge that they need something to work on or they have something to work on. They can't acknowledge their mental health or they don't see a need for an apology. Like they just cannot be receptive. They can't see it. So I think I kind of mentioned before, like, how I was talking to somebody during my, um, during like in the last couple of years or so during this financial independence journey. And I was telling the guy 
that I was about to like pay off my six figures of student loan debt, like, you know, real quick. And my plan, he was like, oh, that's impossible. I was like, what? And he was like, you know, everybody has student loan debt. And it's not something that you get rid of. I was mind blown. I was like, what do you mean? It's not something. What? Are you serious? You know, and he was really, he was so for real. He said that he did not believe that the people who said that they paid off their student loan debt were really debt free. He thinks that people were just like putting on the show and going with the flood, the motions of things. And it was like a trend to say that you're debt free or that you're financially independent or you're, you paid off all your student loan debt, but nobody really pays off their student loan debt. That's not real. Now that's closed minded for you. And I just was like, yeah, this ain't going to work. <laughs> you can't be receptive. I cannot receive you. Like I need you to open up your mind, understand and know that Everything is not what it seems. You are not always right. Life is not always going to be the way that it was for you as a child or in your adult life or this space or circle or world that you've created for yourself. There may be something outside of that, beyond that, that you haven't witnessed or experienced yet, an idea or a possibility that you've never known or or allowed yourself to see or thought about or needed. But if somebody comes to you with this idea or this possibility or something like that, and you are like, nope, doesn't exist, can't see it, that's that's he says, she said, whatever, like being closed minded, like you just can't expand your brain, the capacity to believe, to imagine is just not there for you. It won't work for me. You know, that's a red flag for me. So no, like number one, lacking spirituality, not believing in anything. Number two, being closed minded, not being able to see past or see beyond your comfortability level or your original or beliefs that you were raised with. You just don't see differently and can't respect or acknowledge other perspectives because you're too closed minded. That's it. That's it. Ooh. I could just stop right there because that that irks my soul to the core. I, I don't understand it. Oh, but let's move on. Number three, lacking ambition, vision and goals. Am- ambition, vision, goals, I think they all kind of go hand in hand. They just three things hold hands. <laughs> you know, you had to have a vision. You see something, you're looking ahead and there's something that you want, rather it's for yourself or for somebody else or in your life. What does self-actualization look like to you? Really, ask yourself that question. What what does self-actualization look like? So what is self-actualization? Again, y'all, you know, by trade, uh, this is coming from Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Um, if you've never heard of the five Hierarchy of Needs, Maslow's Hierarchy, um, you learned something today. Uh, there's five, you know, the physio- physiological, the base, our basic needs, our safety and security, to be loved and to feel like we belong, our self-esteem and self-actualization. 
Self-actualization is that fifth stage of our hierarchy of needs. It's the individual that we choose that, I'm sorry, it's that the life path that we choose as individuals that leads to fulfillment and contentment. So it starts to me with a vision. And because of this vision that you have, you are now able to formulate some goals. And because you have this vision and you have these goals, you need that ambition, right? To get to the goals, to get to to work through the goals, to get to the finish line so that your vision can be reality. It's not just a dream. It can be a reality, right? So lacking that, there are, pe- there are people. And, it, and honestly, y'all, this is something that is one of those things to me where every single time I run into somebody like this, I am shocked. I didn't know that this was even possible to be someone without a goal, without a dream, without a vision, without ambition. I didn't know that was a thing until, you know, my adult years dating and learning and growing and developing and getting to know people and having these conversations. And it is so sad, much like communication, you know, like not having communication skills. Um, It's very sad to meet somebody with no communication skills. And you can work on that unless they're closed minded. Right. And they don't they don't think they need to work on their communication skills or they don't want to or whatever the case may be. Um, But where was I going with that? Oh, lacking ambition, goals and vision is very sad to experience, like when you meet somebody and because a person can just be so amazing to you. So, so beautiful you know, on the outside, on the inside, and that attraction is there, the chemistry is there, and everything is good, and y'all just vibing and going through life, and then you're like, so, um, what, what, is, what does life look like for you uh, in five years? And they're like, I don't know, I never thought that far. What do you, What? <laughs> Uh, and so again, maybe that's that's a bias for me. Maybe that's something that is normal. Maybe it's normal for people to not have goals, vision, and ambition. Maybe I don't know. I doubt it. But maybe it's because maybe I feel so strongly about it because I was raised this way, right? My mother had me writing my goals down, thinking five and ten years ahead when I was a little girl. You know, when I was, as soon as I was able to formulate sentences, speak complete sentences and think beyond. And I was always a little, I think, smarter over my mom. She's what they used to say about me, wise beyond her age or wise beyond her years. Or, you know, people used to say that about me when I was a little girl. Um, and so I don't know. My mom had me writing my goals down Um when I was a little girl. So maybe because I grew up that way, that's that's normal to me. And that's why I expect that or I've expected that in the past from other people automatically. And then when I'm faced with somebody who is not that way, and they don't have 
the goals, the vision, the ambition. I'm looking like, wait, is that even a thing? How is this possible? Um, because it was like foreign to me. Um, and so I've decided that that's a red flag for me because um, I've tried. I've tried. And this is why my mother, um, this is why I always go back into my childhood and think about who I am and where I came from. And I, you know, bring certain situations to my mom because I am so interested to know, like, why am I the way that I am? And why do I do things like this? Or why do I believe this? Or where do I get this from? That's how I, that's how I operate. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Tell me who I am. Tell me about me. I want to know me. I know me, you know, better than anyone, but I'm very interested to know what you think about me because let's talk about it. Like, you know, and so um, I'm always having these conversations with my mom and diving deeper into my childhood and my background, but I was dating recently. As a matter of fact, I had a really, I had a boyfriend in 2018. It's crazy. It's two years ago. Uh, and our um, problem or the reason we broke up, because there was no argument. Like, I've never had an argument with anybody, you know, to where it led to a falling out or disagreement. And we had to part ways because the arguing was too bad or anything like that or had a disagreement with somebody Um and me personally deciding, okay, well, this is just how it's going to be and stuff like that. Um, well, that's relative. We'll talk more about that in other times. But I want, I wanted to work through that with my partner because I was like, okay, I'm growing. I really want to, you know, be in a relationship and I want to work this out. So let's talk about why you don't have goals and ambition and vision. And let's see if we can create some goals, some ambition and some vision. And dude was like, what? No, this is who I am. I have absolutely no problem with what I'm doing, how I'm doing or what's going on in my life or where I'm headed. Even though I don't know where I'm headed, I don't care. That's not a problem to me. I don't need a plan. What? I was like, okay, yeah, I respect it. This is going to have to be the end of our relationship. (laughs) And that was that. And he was like, what? He was like, wait, like he really couldn't believe that I was ending our relationship because he didn't have a plan for him, for his life. I'm like, bro, like you don't have a plan for you. How you going to have a plan for us? Make it make sense. (laughs) You know, and so, yeah, that's a red flag for me. So no spirituality, can't believe in anything, closed-minded, lacking ambition, goals, and vision. That was three red flags for me. This is my top five. Number four, defense mechanisms. Mm. You know, the negative ones that people won't admit to, I will not. I spot them quickly due to my nature, my studies, and my profession. I honestly understand. I understand why people have them. I understand why people deal with them or, you know, how they've created, you know, or, yeah, how they've evolved into their lives, into their relationships. Um, Defense mechanisms are important. I have my own defense mechanisms. So 
maybe that you know so i'm subjective you know i know i know that nobody is immune i know that just like depression anxiety uh we all may have a defense mechanism or two or three i know somebody who got every single defense mechanism there is um but that's their business (laughs) and i ain't gonna talk about it right here not right now if i ever get the pleasure of having that person on the show i will I will absolutely dive into those um, because, again, you know, this, this, this is life, love and lessons. And I do think that being open and allowing your story or your experiences or what's going on with you to be made open and available for people to learn about and kind of relate to or maybe like, you might hearing somebody else's story oftentimes allows you to think about things that you've been through or maybe the space that you're currently in or, you know, somebody that's going through that or that experiences that same thing. And typically when we share our stories or what we've been through, we talk about how we've healed or how we have evolved or grown out of things or away from things. And so you're then able to either apply that to yourself or tell a friend or a family member like, hey, you know, try this, do this. And so it's all a learning experience. So I'm never going to be like, oh, I want this person on the show because I want to talk about all their problems just to talk about all their problems. That's not what this is about. This is literally sharing to get you thinking, to open up your mind, to help you or someone else or someone that you know. So these defense mechanisms, I understand how and why a particular defense mechanism may be in your life, right? But there are people that just love their negative defense mechanisms. Defense mechanisms. There are people who love their defense mechanisms. And again, kind of like that, this is me, this is who I am. If you don't like it or you don't accept it, then you can go. Um, and so I, I, I go. <laughs> I'm going to go on that one. Okay, I'm going to take you, take your advice and I'll go. Um, and so those defense mechanisms are serious. And so I know there may be somebody who is like, okay, can you like talk a little bit more about defense mechanisms? Um, because you just kind of being very vague right now. And so I do understand that defense mechanisms is a very broad topic because there are so many uh, particularly 10, some people say six, some people say eight, some people say 10, depending on, you know, how, how, what you just, what you decide is a defense mechanism. Um, so I'll just share my personal defense mechanisms are, um, suppression and, uh, sublimation. So I have a tendency to not think about something or take it away from my conscious mind, right? I I know, I, I don't do this on purpose, right? Or maybe I do now, I don't know. But there are a lot of things that have happened to me or that I've been through or experienced in my life. And I don't talk about it. I don't think about it. I don't identify with it. It's not who I am, right? Um, but these are things that I've experienced and that I've been through or whatever the case may be. And they are not on my mind or I don't think about them or they don't affect me or impact how I go through my day to day because I've suppressed those things, those situations, those 
those words or whatever it may be, I don't think about um, those negative things. So it, I can't, you know, that's why, that's why I don't say negative things about people with defense mechanisms or why I don't just automatically discount somebody or say, you know what, I'm not going to deal with that because you got to deal with me not remembering. <laughs> like I do not remember some stuff, um, some situations, some some negative things, some bad things per se. Um, I, I Like I know I remember it, but it might come back to me in the dream. It might be a trigger that reminds me of something that I've been through. I might be sitting with a client um, or talking to my kids. You know, I love my kids and they do get that from me. I do bring up all of my suppressed experiences for my kids because they need that. You know, they need to know that it's possible to go through all of the things that I've been through and to still make it out whole right? Whole and happy and free and vibrant. So it gives people hope. But I particularly share all of my suppressed emotions and situations with my teenagers because they understand it's more relatable to them and they they need that type of hope to know that somebody like me has been through all the same things that they've been through, you know, um, however I've made it out. But on a regular day, when I'm just like talking or vibing or getting to know somebody, I'm not thinking about all of the things that I've suppressed. And so you have to be the type of person to be able to bring that out of me if you want to know it. Like, it's not that I don't, I'm private about it or I don't want to share. It's just not important to me, you know, personally. And I don't identify with it. So I don't remember it off the top of my head. You have to like, I have to take it back. I have to go into the archives of my brain. And bring back the unconscious suppressed memories to the forefront, my conscious level. And so that's a defense mechanism for me, right? And then my other sublimation is um, I don't lash out. I don't channel frustration. I don't get upset. Um, if you've noticed, or maybe not, if you know me, you know I'm really chill. Um, really just... Uh, I guess, calm and relaxing and peace. I hope that I, I exuberate peace wherever I am, everywhere that I am. I just, I'm all about peace and just, just relax. And that is a part of my defense mechanism sublimation. So if I don't, I mean, if I go, so there may be a lot of people, every time I go through something crazy, or like wild or negative or bad, people are like, oh my God, if I was you, I would be acting like this. I would have reacted this way. I would be losing my mind right now. I would, you know what? Full transparency. This is life, love, and lessons. Um, I This past week, I got an eviction notice. Um, I didn't get paid on time. My job did not pay me like they were supposed to. I didn't have all of my rent money because I didn't get paid. And I'm going through this financial adjustment right now and trying to figure things out and get my budget in order and things like that. And so 
I didn't get paid on time. I got an eviction notice. And there's just been so much going on. And the people that I've shared this with, they're like, you are really calm about this. Like you are not reacting the way that I will be reacting. I would be livid. I would be going off. I would have did this. You know, and my defense mechanism kicks in when I experience these frustrating things, these things that really, really, really come up and can anger me if I was an angry person. Um, and so sublimation is I kind of funnel or redirect those negative feelings or emotions that I might have into something more positive. So Yes, there's a very frustrating thing going on. Yes, I'm kind of pissed off. You know what? But I'm going to go because I feel pissed off or because I, there is somebody just triggered some anger in me and that's not really who I am. I'm going to go and redirect that energy into something positive and I'm going to go relax. I'm going to go meditate. I'm going to go write. I'm going to go listen to some music. I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to go for a walk. And so that's why I've developed all these positive positive coping mechanisms not that you not it's this is just me talking y'all and it's all making sense to me so I've been through a lot right a lot of things in my past and my childhood growing up coming up but I don't identify with it I don't think about it um every day or you know you have to bring it out of me because I've suppressed it and I've so easily suppressed it because of my sublimation my sublimation because I have developed these positive coping mechanisms since a very young age. My mom didn't know what she was doing, but she was doing some something real good. Like, bless her heart. Thank my mom. We love my mother. So she was making me take time to read, take time to write, learn these skills, get out, be active, play games, go for a run, take a walk, get outside. My mother was very interested in in investing in me and my development. And she was like, I want you to know. So my, my mama used to take me traveling around the world, you know, because she was like, I want you to know that there's a whole world out here. I want you to know that you have options. I want you to express yourself. I want you this. And so all of these positive things as a kid. So while I went through a lot of negative, I also kind of went through a lot. I also went through a lot of positive so I've been able to suppress the negative and use my sublimation, my defense mechanism to, you know, compensate or whatever. And yeah, so those are my defense mechanisms. So there are defense mechanisms for just about everything in terms of how you deal with things. So defense mechanisms are literally um, the way a person deals with something that they're going through. Um, it's like an attempt to protect yourself from something that's painful to protect yourself from a situation that may give you anxiety. Um, so that's really what a defense mechanism is. And so the defense mechanism that I really, that are like red flags to me that I won't deal with. Um, I'm going to have to go with projection, denial, displacement, and regression. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a lot of defense mechanisms, but those that I will not, my red flag defense mechanisms are regression, projection, displacement, and yeah. Uh, so the biggest one, because again, defense mechanisms can be a whole nother episode by itself. So 
just quickly, just because I'm talking about my red flags that I don't, that I will not be able to proceed with someone in a romantic way or even like a friendship. And so all defense mechanisms, if there, if you have a negative defense mechanism, let me just put it out there. It does not have to be a forever thing. This does not mean this is just who I am. No, there is this thing called accountability that you can accept and you can say, you know what? That sounds like me. That's who I am. That's what I do. I have that behavior. I've noticed that people have told me that about myself and I want to change that. I don't want to be like this forever. I want to grow past this, you know, and so accountability, owning it, taking ownership, taking accountability. So once you can identify with a defense mechanism that you don't like or you don't want to agree with or be attached to, you can take accountability for and then you can learn some new coping skills, some new ways to react to that painful situation or that anxiety or those triggers or things that kind of make you bring out that negative defense mechanism. Learn new ways to deal with that. And so it's, it's, it's just that. I'm not saying it's a simple thing to do, but it is possible. And so there are people who are like, no, this is who I am. This is just how I deal with things. Um, and regression is um, a really big one because people who struggle to um, like move on and they kind of revert back to like childish ways, they don't grow like not growing. Like, so I kind of relate that regression with not growing, like re- not being receptive to growth. They have so many um, events in their lives or situations that they've had to overcome or things that have happened to them in their past, um, and they regress. They find comfort in being their child, the childlike version of themselves. That's and that's and that's that's like okay, I, I understand it. Like I said, I get it. I understand what happened and why you got there and why you do that. But if you're somebody who is like, this is who I am and I'm not going to change it. I don't want to. I like that I do this. You know, then, okay, you don't want to heal. You don't want to grow. I don't want to spend the rest of my life with you. (laughs) You know, and uh, that's just what it is. And so that's the same for people who don't want to work on their displacement or their projection. Um. And things like that. And projection is also a really big one. Y'all, like I said, here I go, not having notes and I'm about to move on. I swear. Just give me a minute. (laughs) Projection and denial. Oh, they go hand in hand sometimes. Um, So projection is like you don't like somebody, but you make it seem like they don't like you. Like they're the bad one. Like you make a person out to be this bad person because you don't like them. And that person that you, so if, if I was, if I had projection, I would say, I'm telling, I really don't like this person in my life. I really can't stand them for whatever reasons. Maybe there's some underlying jealousy. Maybe there's some spice some bitterness. Maybe I haven't moved forward past something. I haven't forgiven them for something or whatever it may be. But I haven't really acknowledged that or owned it, right? So 
when I'm around them or when I'm hanging out with them or when I'm vibing with them, I'm kind of really just turning everything they do into a negative or everything they don't do into a negative because I'm projecting my negative feelings or emotions for them onto them. And so I'm making it seem like they don't like me when really it's that I don't like them. Like that is heavy. That's a lot. Like, and if you just refuse, you're in denial and you just can't accept that. You can't acknowledge that. You don't see it. You can't see it. But everybody around you sees it. And there's literally no proof, no real proof, no proof that this person doesn't like you. But there's a lot of proof that you don't like them. <laughs> you know, then you're projecting. Um, and so, again, if you don't want to work on that, that's not something you care to heal or evolve past. I cannot do life with you. So that is one of the defense mechanisms. So my number four red flag was defense mechanisms, which are those unresolved, unhealed, refusing, denying to grow and cope differently. Right. So that was four. So five, the final red flag for today. I'm not even going to hold you. This is tough because it's one of those things that it's just a, it's a, it's just a rough situation. <laughs> oh, man, this is life loving lessons for you right here. So a small penis. I know I said it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Really. And I don't even say sorry. Like, I don't say that I'm sorry for real. Like, I would say I apologize. But no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that I cannot accept a small penis to do life with. Because it does not work for me. And so I don't think there's much that anybody can do about it. Listen, don't get discouraged. If you're a man and you're listening to this and you are like, damn, what am I supposed to do? I can't do nothing about that. That ain't fair. Blah, blah. Sex ain't everything. Sex is not all encompassing. It's not that important. What about sex toys and this, that, and the third? Trust me, we'll talk more about sex later. But today, I'll just talk about it just a little bit, you know, for the sake of time and to so that we can move on and pass this red flag. Oh, because it's just so heartbreaking. Um, every woman is different, just like every man is different. What's small for me might be just right for somebody else. And what's big to me or right for me might be too small or too big for somebody else. Some women prefer small penises because they are most likely to like actually have an orgasm with a small penis or they can do more with it or they're more comfortable with it. And you're probably like, okay, can you give me the definition of small? What is small? So there's an average size penis. You can Google it. <laughs> uh, an average size penis is um, in length. Is 5.5 or 5.6 inches or something like that. And the average girth or circumference of a penis is 
4.8 inches. So that's the average. So not really long, but it's average. Not really thick, but it's average. You know, whatever. Okay. So small to me is less than average. So if you don't have at least in length, like when once you've turned on or, you know, once a lady or man, you know, no, no shade. Um, once someone, your partner um, has turned you on, you um, are not over the 5.5, 5.6 in length. And then you don't expand in circumference past the 4.8 inches. When you wrap a measuring thing around, it's not exceeding 4.8. So, yeah, that's small to me. And again, that does not mean that you aren't perfect or right for someone else. Just not me. <laughs> and so I am... I. Average is the minimum for me, and that's because I'm a very generous person and I'm very understanding. So I understand that you're average in the penis department, and okay, you know we can work with that. I can I can work with that. Um, I don't I really don't want to, but we don't gotta talk about that. We we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> uh, but the small penis. That's my red flag number five for my top five red flags. So just going back, my number one, no spirituality, can't believe in anything. Number two, being closed minded, can't be receptive to new ideas or possibilities. Three, lacking ambition, vision and goals. Just OK and comfortable with not having a plan and don't see anything for your future or know what's next for you or even have a desire for anything particular to be next for you. Four, defense mechanisms that mechanisms that have not been resolved, acknowledged, healed, grown past. Those defense mechanisms that I mentioned to be specific, denial, projection, displacement, and regression for me. Um, and number five, a small penis, small being less than average. Now, I can go on and on and on about more red flags. We didn't talk about narcissists. We didn't talk about being manipulative. We didn't talk about those controlling behaviors, being disrespectful, being abusive, or any unacknowledged and unresolved mental health disorders like major depressive disorder and things like that. Um, you know, those are, can be also red flags. And so again, I'm not going to dive into all of the red flags because this podcast will last for days, but I am going to, um, you know, move on. So I only did my top five. And, you know, because people tend to hide their true selves in the beginning and you only get the surface issues, kind of like what we talked about with communication. Like you can be with a person for years and you don't really find out who they really are or what type of what type of behaviors or actions they really partake in until you 
spend with them for three or four years or until you've actually moved in with them and woke up next to them every day and went to sleep next to them every night. And then you'd be looking like, I didn't, I, I didn't know, you know, that goes into communication and, you know, different red flags that you got to know, like little behaviors, you got to spot little behaviors and phrases and ways of people, things that they do that, um, give you a trigger of like, oh, red flag, time for me to go because this is not what I want. This is not something that I can work with. Um, so yeah, I did my top five. Remember red flags can get real deep. You can break them down into key phrases, thoughts, and ideas, but I'm going to leave that to my guest when they arrive and we talk about the red flags that they, you know, notice and won't allow. So let me digress with the red flags. I'm going to skip yellow flags today, but I know you know that yellow flags are the things that annoy you, like a man that does not clean up after himself, not knowing how to clean the toilet properly or how to do his own laundry. Like that that's a yellow flag for somebody like me personally. <laughs> like if I walk into a man's house and his bed is not made, or um, his, it's a bunch of dishes in his sink or the bottom of his toilet is dirty. You know, things like that, that's yellow flags. So it's not, you know, a deal breaker, but it's definitely something that bothers me, that annoys me, that we don't have to work on, you know, and stuff like that. So that's a yellow flag. Those kind of pause, those moments or things that you notice that kind of give you pause and make you kind of think like, okay, how much do I like this person? <laughs> You know, am I am I willing to compromise that or help this person work on that or or get better with this or that? You know, so that's a yellow flag. And, you know, there are yellow flags for women, too. Again, this is not just badging men or talking about men or only getting a woman's perspective. Um, There are red flags when dating women. It can be the same things a man can be like it's a yellow flag for a woman to not have her house clean. It could be a yellow flag for a man if a woman's car is just always dirty. You know, men love cars. Well, some men love cars and they take pride in their cars. And some men, I think I've I've had men say like, you know, women can't have their house and their car clean and that's annoying. And I'm like, wait a minute. Hello. <laughs> my car and my house clean. Thank you very much. <laughs> but um, some men may think that a woman not having her house or her car clean is a yellow flag as well. So, yeah, and even those mommy-daddy issues, like this can go from both sides, y'all. Like a man can notice that a woman is just kind of like really independent, like she's super independent. She comes off very dominant, you know, and she kind of is a little bit much for you in that sense. And that might be a yellow flag for you because you might be like, I'm trying to show up for this woman. I'm trying to take some things off of her plate. I'm trying to be a man to this woman, but she's not allowing me to be a man. But see, so it can give you pause, right? Because it's something that you think about and you're like, as a, I mean, I'm not a man, but I've been told that sometimes I think like a man or act like a man sometimes, but um, I I think that some men can look at look at it from the perspective of like 
you know what? This woman is very hard. She's been through some things. She got some walls that I need to break down. Um, it's a yellow flag, but it's not a red flag because it's not a deal breaker for me. Um, I'm, I know and I'm confident that I can I can help her knock those walls down. I can get past that. Um, right now, she doesn't allow me to open her door. She doesn't wait for me to take the trash out. You know, she doesn't allow me to pay her bills. Not yet, you know, but um, that's just for whatever reason. If she's been through this, she's been through that and you're understanding. And so you give her some time and you allow her to get get comfortable and to get safe and to feel safe and secure with you. And so that's a yellow flag, not a red flag. You're going you're gonna to work through that. You're going to get past that. And so let's move on past the yellow flags onto these green flags. So my top five green flags. My top five green flags are communication being number one. Oh, listen. I might want to grab my phone and grab this um, quote or meme that I saved the other day or that I, I loved the other day. And basically because it was just very relatable and this is why I'm here. This is why we're talking about this. This is why we're doing this on Life, Love and Lessons, because to meet someone that you really, really like or like there's there. If you could just draw up your ideal man or woman, like if you had to draw a picture of what he or she looks like and you drew them up and then that person came to you and then they had all of these qualities and characteristics about themselves and they couldn't talk. They couldn't communicate. It's a tragedy. <laughs> like it is literally the worst thing to really like somebody, but they have very poor communication skills um, and it's, it's stressful. So I love, love, love when I meet a man and he can communicate Oh, like real communication. Like texting me, calling me. FaceTiming me, sending me thoughtful messages, making sure there's no blanks, no spaces, not allowing me to overthink, to make assumptions. There are no lies. There are no arguments. And just because he communicates effectively and efficiently and consistently. And I've had that before, so I know it exists. Praise God, you know, and I'm I'm always impressed and grateful to have experienced it, to know somebody, to have relations with, whether it's a friend, a family member or partner, a love interest, whatever it may be, uh, someone who can communicate effectively won't have you overthinking things, won't have you not knowing won't have you feeling like an obligation, even though they really want you. And so what does that look like? So the type of people who forever are like, you can come if you want to. We can do it if you want to. What do you mean if I want to? Do you want me to or not? <laughs> you know, like say what you mean, say how you feel, say what's on your mind, express yourself. And so I love men who can express themselves effectively, who aren't afraid, 
who don't leave any gaps in my mind, who tell me exactly what's on their hearts and their minds and how they feel. They don't hesitate. Like, if you think you love me after two weeks, say it. You know, you don't have to say I love you. You can say, you know, we've really been vibing. I really identify with this or we really connect and I really like the time we spent together and I'm starting to feel like I might love you. And you might, but see, some people will be like, it's too soon for me to tell her that I might love her or that I love her because she don't think I'm crazy, blah, blah. You know, no, just communicate. And so there's a way to communicate that without sounding crazy, right? (laughs) Or seeming crazy. Now, we've been talking for two weeks and you just send me a text like, I love you. I'm going to be like, uh, what? How do you love me? Who do you love? Like, no, but how do you love me? Like, what do you mean? Like, you love me as a person? You love me, you know, because of how I make you laugh all the time? You love the way I do certain things? Or are you telling me that you're in love with me? Because if you're in love with me, head over heels after two weeks, um, yeah, we're going to have to talk about that. But um, it's possible. It's, it's definitely possible. But... What is frustrating for me is if you feel like that and you never say anything because you're waiting for her to tell you that she loves you first because you don't want your feelings hurt type of thing. Or every time she asks you like a question, you like if you want to, because you don't know if she likes you or because you don't, you know, want to make her feel obligated to have to come. I mean, or make her feel like she has to come. You know, what? Like, why are you even thinking like that? <laughs> Just say what you want. And so if I say, um, you want me to come over? And you say, if you want to, you can. You mess. I'm, I don't like that. Because what do you mean if I want to? I wouldn't have asked you if I didn't want to. Just say yes or say no. Like, communicate. You know, I really wish you could. I would love that. However, I got this going on. My sister, brother, cousin, friend, nephew coming over, or I got plans to go out and do this. And so you don't have the woman over there or the man like thinking that you ain't really feeling them like you, like they feeling you or they're overthinking and like, oh, I couldn't go over there because he got some female or he got a date with somebody else, you know, and just, just, it's just communication. There's so much that goes into communication. The tone your body language, the way you listen. Oh, let's go into red flag. I'm sorry, ooh, green flag number two. So attention to detail, thoughtfulness. Now, you have to have good communication skills to me. Well, not really, now that I think about it. <laughs> but you have to be a good listener um, to have this red, this green, why do I keep saying red? The green flag number two for me, my top five in green flags. So my number two green flag is attention to detail, which is also like thoughtfulness. Well, kind of goes into being thoughtful. So um, I kind of just merged two separate green flags into one. And you got to be a good listener to really be a really good, um, thoughtful person. And so what does that look like? That looks like, you know, we talking on the phone or we're texting or we hanging out 
and I say something, you know, very quick kind of in transition or, you know, how I am. I'm always thinking or talking about something or just going over different things or reflecting. And so I might be having talking about something. I might say, man, like, yeah, I just need to get, you know, some. Um, let's see real simple. Yeah, I need to get some dry erase markers and get this, you know, for this thing I'm doing next week. And then I come hang out with you and you like, oh, here, I picked up these dry erase markers for you and this. And I'm like, wait, what? How did you? I told you I was about to go get that. But you know what? You thought about me. You took it upon yourself to go get those things that I said I was about to get for myself. Or I'm telling you like, oh, I can't wait to make this drink. You know, yeah, there's this recipe uh, for this drink that I love. And yeah. And so and I just mentioned the drink, say a little details about the recipe. And then you take it upon yourself to go get all of the, the ingredients for this recipe. And you make this drink for me for our next date. Didn't tell me or anything. Just kind of surprised me like, you know, look what I got, you know, and look what I did. Here's that drink that you can wait to make or try. And I have all the ingredients for you. You know, if you want to make it yourself. But I, I made this for us because you said it was a drink that you really loved and wanted to try again. And so I wanted to make it for our date this evening. You know, like, what? Oh, <laughs> like thoughtfulness, that attention to detail. Um, so people who are very thoughtful and pay attention to detail, just kind of surprise you or just give you what you need before you even like really need it or before you knew you needed it. Um, like, for example, I, I know I oftentimes say, oh, I like that or I like this or I would get this or, you know, something like that. And so and it's just random all the time. Um, and so for for me, if a guy is dating me, I, I would know that he pays attention to detail or he has those skills to be thoughtful because he's kind of showing up um, in that way, giving me what I need. And this is this is all going to like I got another one. So green flag number three. A relationship with God spirituality, believing in something, a higher power. I'm not going to get too deep or dive too much into this because we kind of just talked about this in red flags, but a green flag for me is somebody who has a relationship with God, somebody that's even more so um, in connection with God than I may be. is also a very beautiful thing because I love when I can learn from somebody I think I mentioned before, um, but I don't really read the Bible. Um, I grew up reading the Bible and it was something that I was kind of made to do. I didn't say made to do. I was encouraged to do it. And there was an incentive, a positive reward with it. So I used to read the Bible to memorize scriptures for money. <laughs> so um, it did do a good thing for me, by the way. It's not like I've just forgotten everything that I've memorized or that I don't apply those things to my daily uh, life or thinking. So there are a lot of scriptures that I know that I've, that I've memorized from my childhood that 
I identify with or that I can kind of recite when I'm going through a hard time or when I'm in a situation, whether it's hard or good, it could be a good thing. I could be having the best time of my life, can be living at the best time of my life, which I was um, for many years. Um, and there are scriptures or words, phrases in the Bible that I can just apply to that 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 situation or that time frame of my life. So, but but someone who can help me learn more about the Bible or about God or Christianity or, you know, help me to get deeper, forces me to go to church on days that I don't feel like it. <clears throat> Let me get some water. Um, and things like that. Uh, that is, that's a beautiful thing. So I love Love, love meeting people who are connected to and with and understand and believe in God. That's green flag number three. Number four. (laughs) Big dick energy. And I'm going to say BDE from here on out. So BDE. I'm going to wrap a whole bunch of things into BDE because uh, it, it takes a lot to encompass that energy, right? Those of you who know what BDE is, ladies, if you're listening, I hope you've had the pleasure of experiencing BDE. Um, and so everything that I talk about, literally, I've, I've lived it, I've experienced it, I've had it or not had it, I mean, or like refused it like it came to me and I was like nope not dealing with this or whatever like all the time everything that I reference in in relation to me I've experienced it like I know that these are green flags for me because I've experienced it and it just did something for me and I was like I need this right here like this is it this is what I need um so this is why these things have made it to my top five Sorry about that. Um, so BDE. I don't know what woman doesn't love talking about her man. I know I don't physically have one yet, but when I talk about BDE, I'm talking about my man. I'm over here feeling good, safe and secure and loved like there is nothing for me to worry about. Because thinking about him, that's how he makes me feel. He owns the rights to have that energy because he delivers in and out of the bedroom. He has that, I'm the man, I got it, confidence. And he really does have it. He's just not saying, I got it, because he knows that I want to hear him say that. But he really does have it. You know, and he's not somebody that's manifesting it or working towards it. It's already his. This man matches my sexual energy or surpasses it and can always get me ready if I'm not already. Somehow he manages to give me all five love languages without hesitation or complaints. He commands my attention with his unwavering stability, his sexy body, his divine energy, his attentiveness, his affection. Oh, this man with the BDE belongs to me. (laughs) Um, 
And this man knows how to be dominant without being controlling, by the way. And he is firm and soft at the same time. Yes, soft. Men have feelings. They have emotions. They have tears and sensitivities. And I understand that. And I know that it is not easy to balance that in today's society being a man. However, this man with the BDE, he's figured it out. He does all of that. He he acknowledges and he deals and he expresses all of that. He's not afraid to cry. He's not afraid to talk about his insecurities if he has any. He's not afraid to talk about his emotions or express his emotions or his feelings, even if his feelings may be a little like, you know, uh, why are you feeling like that? Um, a little questionable. You know, he, he expresses it because that confidence, right? Like he's not afraid to speak up. And if it's something that he wants or something he doesn't like, he's going to let you know because he got that BDE. <laughs> and so, yes, Number four, green flag, BDE. So we've talked about communication, attention to detail and being thoughtful, having a relationship with God and BDE. My last for today, but certainly not the least, is adaptability. Mm. This is my top five because it is so important. Again, all of these things I've had and was like, oh, I love that you can do this. <laughs> you know, and I like this. I'm going to have to kind of uh, notice. I notice when this is a because and these are green flags because not everybody, you know, is going to come to you with these these type of things. Not everybody has BDE or, you know, a relationship with God or are able to be thoughtful and pay attention to detail or have great communication skills. Uh, some people, you got to work through or work with them to get to these these levels. Um, and so they're not really green flags. Uh, they're not red flags because it's not like they're not capable, you know, or they're refusing. So they're not a red flag and they're not yellow flags because we don't have expectations. We, we're, we're not expecting these things but when we do get them it's a like a green flag like bright green go yes this is it I want this more of this <laughs> like I like that you do that um don't don't stop it don't stop keep that same energy so number five adaptability being able to adjust receptive to adjustment so this is kind of a lot like compromise, being able to adjust when you don't necessarily agree or aren't used to doing something or you aren't at first comfortable with something. It might be his or her way of doing things and you've never really did it like that or experienced it that way and you like the way you do things. But the way that this person does things is really important to them in this aspect and you really, you know, want to support that and you, you like that. And so... That's something that's important to them. So you adapt. And yeah, like that's a beautiful thing. And so somebody that's be open and willing to change something. Uh, they're, they're willing to adapt. I love it. I love it. So that is a green flag for me. The ability to adapt. 
because I know how normal and easy it is to just kind of be who we are, stick to our ways, be comfortable in the way we've been doing things. It's, it's always worked for me. So why would I change it? Right. Because sometimes when we merge our lives with others, they do things a different way and we need to come to an agreement or a compromise to where um, we are willing to adapt to their way, you know, because we really like them. So this is not something that you have to do. Sometimes you can be like, um, yeah, I don't think this person really deserves my adaptability. Like I could adapt, but um, I don't like them that that much. You know, um, this is he he or she is not the one for me to adapt to. I've, I've, I've already ignored like seven red flags and they're trying to get me to change or adapt to something. And I'm, I don't think that this is it. This is the time. So it may not be that you can adapt. Maybe you just haven't met somebody that gives you the desire to adapt. Because when we really like somebody or we find ourselves falling in love or thinking about spending the rest of our life with somebody, we adapt <laughs> uh, for the most part. And so, again, because I say for the most part, because there will be people who won't adapt and we call that being stuck in your ways or whatever being stuck in their ways and so I love when people adapt and I've noticed this and things that I've been through and so I'll give a couple examples really quickly um so communication y'all know by now how I feel about communication and I don't have super high expectations for a man to come with me with these great communication skills but when they do, uh, it's amazing. However, I'm understanding. So I get it. Um, so adapting. So there I have a I have a pet peeve with acronyms for words that are not naturally acronyms or they don't have abbreviations in real life. We just kind of created abbreviations for them because that's the world we live in today. So spelling love, L-O-V-E, L-U-V, like, why are you doing that? <laughs> like, it was just one more letter to add. And why did you replace the O with the U? I just don't get it. And so uh, things like that, or even the W-Y-D all the time, or the H-R-U all the time. Like, what you doing? How, 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 how are you doing? How are you? But anyway, yeah, so I don't really like that people don't spell them out. And so I might, if I'm really, I can dialogue with somebody while they're doing that, you know, and I'll, and I'll, I'll get, I won't like, I'm now in a space where I'm not, I used to be very strict about it, um, like real strict. I used to be like, just block, delete, ignore. <laughs> because I wasn't doing everything out of love. And I was just like, yeah, I'm not dealing with this book. Um, and then I started to grow. And then I would say, okay, I don't really like this. Um, do you mind if you like spell your words out? Or can you like not not make this and this an acronym? You can, you know, I don't mind if you, you know, text like this, but can you do this? Because when you text me, 
you know, like that. It just it just gets under my skin and it bothers me because it's something I can't make sense of. I don't understand. It. And I really love words like I, I am really big on English and writing and reading. And I want you to spell out the words. <laughs> um, and so I started to communicate about it instead of just blocking and deleting people. And then um, I've ran I ran into. And if you if you checked out the book, Swipe Left, Swipe Right, that I self-published. You, you've seen how some men have responded to me when I expressed that I was not going to be able to deal with that, right? And so some men get very defensive and they're like, who you think you is? Why are you trying to change me? You tripping. It's not that big of a deal. This is the way you text. This is texting language and this is um, normal or whatever they have to say. I'm busy. I don't have time to spell out the words. Um, this is just easier and quicker for me. Whatever excuse they came up with, like, I respect it. Cool. Stop texting me. <laughs> don't talk to me. It's just that, like, it's okay. It is okay for you to text like that. I'm going to just have to ask you to not text me respectfully. Um, you're more than welcome to call. We can talk on the phone, um, but I really need to have a conversation with you verbally, you know, moving forward because your text messaging just doesn't work for me. And so I'm really, it's that simple. And so for those people who are closed minded, the red flags, and they are like coming up with all these excuses as to why they can't spell out the word. Even though we got voice messages, we got voice memos, you can send me a voice memo. You can be in the bathroom at work on your lunch break, you know, don't, don't really have time to text, but you just want to send a quick text message. You can send me a voice memo, a voice message, whatever the case. You can pre-record um, a voice message before you go to work. And then if you go to work early, then send it to me, you know, at Right on a dot at eight o'clock, whatever. Get creative. I don't know. But what I'm saying is there are some people who won't adapt. But for those of you who do, the man who be like, okay, I'm going to spell out my words for you. Or I'm going to stop texting like that for you. Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, and, you know, that's the same with just communication. Like, I find myself oftentimes liking people and their communication is just not where not allowing me to go deeper because, you know, you know, I like to go deep. And so I'll talk to them about it. I don't just end things like I used to. I used to just walk away like I don't got time for this, but we do all things with love now. So now I'm talking about it and I'm like, hey, um. I really need you to talk like this or say this or in situations like this or we come to this, this situation again, the circumstance again. Or if I ask you a question like this, you usually respond like this. Or there's this joke that you always make that kind of makes me uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, and it's not funny to me. Um, so I need you to stop. And so things like that. And for the men that adapt, that say, Okay, I got you. It won't happen again. Even if you say, I didn't even realize I did that. Um, 
I don't know if I can remember or recall me doing that, but next time I do it, can you point it out for me so that I can fix it right there? And, you know, we can just kind of work on that. I'm not going to say I'm going to change overnight, but over time, if you are patient with me, I can I can adjust for you. I love it. More of that, please. Um, oh, yeah. So I can go on and on and on about green flags because... Oh, there are so many. And I just love talking about all of the great things that people do, all of the really positive and really, really good characteristics and qualities of people because they exist. There are some amazing men out here, some amazing women. I have some really fine friends who are single and they're not just fine on the outside. They're fine on the inside, too. Hey, y'all. Um, and they're single. Yeah, maybe some by choice, some not by choice. You know, some are just not in in the space right now where they're ready or open to a relationship because life is so good, um, or they're on a path right now on their own individual self, and um, they don't they don't want the distraction or they can't they don't really want to stop right now for love or take a break for love, and that's that's understandable, that's respectable. I had a few years like that myself. Um, and then there are those that just have not met the one. And so there are men and women like that who just have all of these great and amazing qualities. And I love talking about it. Mm. And I feel like I might journal about journal about them this week because I need to get back into journaling and that's really the space that I'm in. All things good, loving, exceptional, and divine. We deserve all of that. This month, coming up on Life, Love, and Lessons, um, we're going to be talking more about perception versus reality. Diving deeper into the sexual discussion and deciding if compromise is worth all the hype. Like, are you out here compromising or are you like, no, <laughs> I don't like it. I ain't working with it. That's it, you know, and moving on. But so that is what we'll be talking about the next couple of weekends on Life, Love and Lessons before we get into our love series. I'm so excited. Please share this with your friends and family. Let's spread love together, do life together and dissect these lessons together. I'm sending you love, light, and joy. You are whole. You are worthy. You are loved. Be blessed. With love, gratitude, and opulence, I thank you so much for your time, your ears, and your mind. Please send any topic suggestions via Instagram, email, and or reviews. Check the show notes for details. Share more love by recommending this podcast and or hitting subscribe. Peace and blessings until next time.